Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? It's the Melchester Odyssey once again. I have in my hand the issue dated 4th of December 1982. Roy of the Rovers. Copyright IPC Magazines Limited. And on the front, right across the top, it's something that's very much catering to your needs, Sam, and your whims. It says, sign mm. please, which of course is the autographed page in the middle, which usually has a star like footballer. A star footballer on it, and this week is no exception. It's West Ham's Sandy Clark. I don't Sandy remember. Sandy Clark. I don't remember West Ham's Sandy Clark, do you? I think he was Scottish. I think, I mean, he sounds Scottish. Yeah, I, I never saw him play. Because I hadn't, my first game at Upton Park was 1984 right. when I was eight. Uh, it was my mate's ninth birthday. So I, I never saw him, but I, he was the sort of bloke I was familiar with just from seeing in, I had team, you know, like team posters, yeah. team, the team photo. Yeah. And I'd had those for years, you know, out of magazines or whatever. And he was in that. I think he was he was the precursor to Frank McAvenny. We signed him from a Scottish club because oh, right. he was he was starring and scoring goals in the Scottish Premier yeah. League. And so I think it was like quite a big signing. But he, I think he only lasted about a year. I might be wrong. There'll maybe be a West Ham Lampard who will correct me. But I think he came down from Scotland and didn't really work out and then fucked off again. That was kind of the tail end of that thing where it was a decent bet to sign a player that was doing well in the Scottish Premier League and bring them down. Well, it was it was almost t- tail end, but it was like two year, three years after this that we went for a, we fucking decided to have another pop at it and <laughs> sign McAvenny. Turned out to be one of the best signs ever. But funny thing about him was that this is this is quite niche West Ham chat. But oh, we good. signed him from St Mirren as a midfielder, and it was only because we had an injury to Paul Goddard, who you will remember. Mm-hmm. Nickname Sarge. Mm-hmm. Not sure why. Maybe he was in the TAs again. West Ham Lampards. Please don't get in touch. Um, yeah, and we, we, don't, uh, he, we he, don't correct any of these errors or, or gaps yeah, in the knowledge exactly. ever. So there's no point. It'll just annoy just me. Let us um, uh, but he was ignorance. called. He was called Sarge. Mm. I don't know why, but he was our star signing from QPR. It was a big signing that we mm. signed their star signing. The cunt got injured, so Frank McAvenny went. Ah, I'll give it a go. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll get a B. Why not? <laughs> Exactly, running around. I'll just have a wee bit of Charlie. A wee bit of Charlie for kick off. 
Yeah, if I'm playing in midfield, I don't know. I lead the wee bit of Charlie till afterwards. But if you want me to play up front, Mr. Lyle, I'm going to have to do the wee bit of Charlie before the game <laughs> because I'll need to be more alert. <laughs> what with these offside traps and all this, the defenders are very canny. So he did a wee bit of Charlie and ended up scoring a fucking shed load of goals. Mm. Well, Sandy Clark so. signed for West Ham from Adrianians, where he played mm. for eight seasons. And he'd scored mm. 92 goals in 234 games, which is less than one and two. It's not bad. It's not fantastic, but it's, it's sort of a, that's West Ham. That's the sort of the sort of stats that will get you a move to West Ham, yeah. not Liverpool. Yeah, and then once <laughs> at West Ham, uh, he got seven in 26 appearances, which yeah. is kind and of in what fact, you'd off expect. To and then to Scotland. off to Rangers in '83, <laughs> one season at West Ham. Off to Rangers where you got twenty one in sixty two. That's one in three again. It's not one fantastic. And then similar do. similar stats at heart. A, a, a decent pro. Let's just say that a decent pro. Decent journeyman. He had his shot. Yeah, had his shot yeah. in the English game. Didn't quite work out. It's um, great though, wasn't it? The Scottish strikers. When, Has anyone ever done a documentary or a book just about Scott the Scottish strikers of the eighties? Because in yeah, when when Frank McAvenny came to London, uh, Mo Johnson I think was at Watford, mm-hmm. and Charlie Nicholas of course was at Arsenal, mm. and they formed a sort of a trio, of, a social club, uh, uh, yeah, social club uh, that spent a, a huge amount of their time at Stringfellows. <laughs> and, right. uh yeah, and it was just there was something. That, it was just the madness of these. It was like if you bring Scotsmen to London, <laughs> they just devoured it. They ate it all yeah. up. They loved it, yeah. and they just let, had time in their lives. But in those days, they were like top strikers as well. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Nicholas was a superstar at Arsenal, even though he never quite repeated his form. For, I don't think he repeated quite the same goal scoring as he no, no, had no. done. A, had he come from Aberdeen or Celtic? Celtic I can't remember. Yeah, but he didn't quite do it. But he was still loved. He was like, I remember I knew Arsenal fans at school and mm. he was the man in the 80s that they all fucking talked about. Like, oh, he's no Charlie... Frank McAvenny ain't no Charlie Nicholas. Mm. They fucking love Charlie Nicholas with his long hair and all the rest of it. Champagne well, Charlie. Sunderland signed a young lad from St. Johnston who, who was tipped for big things, but he never made it and he ended up going north of the border again afterwards. And um, he had a couple of seasons with us. I don't know what happened to him afterwards. called Ali McCoist. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot. And he he's still got a big, big soft spot for Sunderland. He'll oh, he bring has, it up yeah. sometimes yeah, on he, on talk sport and I, stuff. I, even though he was just a cameo yeah, appearance there. I think he met his first wife when he was down here with us. Um, and he met me as well. He met me when he was when he was in Sunderland. Yeah, um, me dad used to work for the year. That's the uh, car mending. Brigade and yeah. the Alcoholics Anonymous Society. The Carmending Brigade. <laughs> and I wish their name was that. Yeah. Uh, it's it the, the fourth emergency service, isn't it? Um, yeah. So uh, my dad fixed Ali's car one night and um, my dad told him that I was a big Sunderland fan. I must have been like nine or something at the time. Mm. And then uh, my dad got a phone call and it was from Ali saying there was two tickets waiting for us at the, at the player's entrance for Saturday's wow. game against Manchester City uh, for wanting to go along in the seats which was the posh bit and then to come down to the players entrance afterwards and say hello so fucking hell and that, for, for a nine year old Sunderland fan I was fucking just 
dumbstruck when I met him. I couldn't even speak. It was just... Hello. What? I thought, you know thing. what? Ali McCoy is that everyone can tell that he, the bloke is a top bloke. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah. And that story just confirms everything you would think. To go yeah. out of your way to, to find that time to actually put tickets aside. When I was that age as well, like in your 20s, riding high as he would have been. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's easy to not do those little things, those little acts of, of kindness and touches of class. Yeah. Even if you've got a good heart. When you're in your 20s, your late teens, 20s, you're so fucking, you can get so high on life. Yeah. You just don't fucking remember to do kind gestures like exactly. that. So it says a lot about him. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. And um, I bumped into him again in the street in Sunderland uh, at about three o'clock in the morning after uh, after the nightclubs had kicked out one night. And I re- reminded him of that incident and asked him if he remembered me. And he said no. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love it when a celebrity doesn't pretend. It's horrible when they do. Oh, I think so. They go, I've got no fucking recollection of that, mate. And you're like, good on you. Good man. Well, that was the thing. I'd, I, I'd, I, I'd kind of like played up to it. I'd gone, you must remember this because we met years ago. You must remember it. And I told him the story. He went, no, nah, no, nah, no recollection at all. I, I, fair enough. <laughs> I um, did a job with him once, like, and uh, one one of the best jobs I ever had was, which I'm sure I've told you about, was during the 2006 World Cup, I was hired to present a nightly TV World Cup review show. But here was the kicker. It, oh, right. it was for 3Mobile. On a mobile right? phone, I remember you telling me this, yeah. Was it 3Mobile or 02? I can't even remember. I think it was 3Mobile. Um, um, yeah, what was great about it was, it's like they just, it was before smartphones. So they thought they'd just sort of like got to grips with the technology, 3Mobile for broadcasting exclusive content and they thought that's how people were going to sign up mm. to their contracts over anyone yeah. else's is they because look the bonus with us is you will get not only great cover network coverage you will also get to every night watch a tiny tiny square of someone called sam delaney talking about what's happened in the 2006 world cup that day <laughs> Oh, <laughs> fucking sign me up, mate. A tiny, tiny Definitely. square. A, a spam-headed broadcaster. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I mean, fucking hell. This is like, I mean, if that's an, if that's not an incentive, I don't know what is. <laughs> but the reason it appealed to me, which is sort of a reflection on my level of professionalism, is I thought, this is really good because they've given me, they've given me a job and the money was extraordinary because it was like a corporate job, effectively, yeah. right? And they were paying me a day rate, a large day rate for every single day of the World Cup, which is like 30 days, mm. right? So I was like, this is incredible. Uh, I went into a studio in Vauxhall to do it. Uh, that's how I got to know Ray Wilkins, which I've talked about before, because he was one of my co-pundits. Lovely. Les Ferdinand and Graham are so with the other two, and we have various other guests come and go, right? And uh, But the, the beauty of it was, was that I knew no one would be watching. Mm-hmm. That was the beauty of yeah. it, Andy. Right, a lot of presenters more professional, ambitious than me would have thought. But are we going to get the ratings? Whereas I thought, so you pay me loads of money, and I'm not under any pressure mm-hmm. because no cunt's ever going to fucking see it. Yeah. I could fucking, I could not bother. I could turn up in my fucking gym jams. <laughs> right. The appeal is, I get to watch the games before we go on air for some reason live. Right, like anyone's fucking watching it live with fucking Les Ferdinand Ray Wilkins. Anyway, at the uh, when they hired me, I went along to the um, press, you know, the day where you do all the photos for the publicity. And uh, it was me. The, the other presenter was um, a Northeastern lass who's very brilliant called Kirsten O'Brien. I don't know if oh, you yeah, know yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She her. did lots of um, kids' TV, didn't she? Kids' TV, yeah. yeah. 
and she is a right fucking laugh. <laughs> and uh, she was she's from Middlesbrough, yeah. And she was she was doing it, and then the the third person was Ali McCoy. So I thought. Ali McCoy uh, is presenting it too. Wow, I'll be working with Ali McCoy. But we just did these photos with each other and it was like me, Ali McCoy, Kirsten O'Brien. I've got the photos. I'll post them of, me, of us standing at me, us both in England shirts, him in his suit, mm. like with microphones and the number three on our chests, right? Yeah. Whee! And then we went for a drink with him and he was hung over because he's like, oh, I came down last night, went out with the boys for a few drinks. I am hanging. <laughs> Do you fancy a head of the dog? And we're like, yeah, great. So we go for a drink with him, and uh, he was very brilliantly indiscreet yeah. about the amount they were paying him. Because right? <laughs> I was earning all right money, but yeah. I was a nobody. I can't even remember how the job fell on my fucking lap, right? But um, he's going, fuck me, this is great, you know, because I thought I was going to be doing some work for ATV, and that fell through. But this, they pay me. I can't now, um, remember how much it was, but it was a few grand a day yeah. for the whole World Cup, fucking right? Hell. So I thought... Well, he's getting paid more than double what I'm paid, but that's fair enough. He's Ali McCoy. Good luck to him, mm. right? And he's like, I can't fucking believe it. I love people who are very honest about money. I find something very twee and sort of middle class mm. about being discreet and embarrassed about money. Mm. So I always respect people who just say outright, yeah, I'm getting this amount. And uh, I thought, great, well, it would be brilliant. And so when we left, I said, well, it'll be a pleasure working with you. I can't wait to see you, And he looked at me a bit blank and went, oh, yeah. And then I realised that what was actually happening was he was out at the World Cup because he was working for other broadcasters, right? Right. And what happened was every night there was just a thing where I had to call from the studio Ali, who would be at a game. The signal was like, it's not like nowadays, like you and I now talking to each other on WhatsApp video and it's clear as a bell and I can see you crystal clear in HD. It would be every night this ritual where I'd go like, well, now we're going to cross Valley McCoyst, <laughs> who is in Gelsenkirchen, yeah. having just wa- watched the Germans take on the French. Ali, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sam. Oh, well, I say hello, Sam. He wouldn't have even known or remembered my name. Oh, well, mate. <laughs> You're it. And I go, oh, well, he's not quite coming through. We'll leave it. And I just kept thinking, that cunt's being paid fucking <laughs> five bags of sand for that. He's just basically been on a hooky line for 30 seconds, given up, fucked off to the pub, and banked the fucking money. Nice one. Absolutely no end of respect for yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, as he's proven during this World Cup, sorry, Euro 20s, he is one of the best broadcasters there is on TV for football. Mm. He's fantastic. Mm. But there's an epilogue to this story because there was the two incidents where I met him. Um, obviously, the second time I reminded him of the first time, and then... A couple of years ago, he was co-hosting the TalkSport Breakfast Show with Max Rushton. And yeah. I know Max. And I messaged Max on Twitter and said, uh, can you ask Ali if he remembers the two occasions when I've met him? And I detailed him <laughs> in the message. And Max asked him <laughs> on air. And Ali went, nope, nope uh, don't remember that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to... We like to try and keep Good this on going. Max Rushton for reading it out because it is a good story yeah, anyway. It, and reflects well on Ali. It's me life's work to try and keep this going. I'm going to try and keep making contact with Ali McCoy for reminding him of the three previous contacts I've had with him. Well... None of which he remembers. Listeners, uh, let's activate the cunters. I don't know if Ali McCoy is on Twitter. If he's any sense, he won't be. But if he is... Um, or if you just listen to Talk Sport Breakfast, which I think he still regularly hosts, just bombard him with messages recounting Andy's story <laughs> <laughs> until he cannot until he fucking... go anywhere. And... He can't breathe for people asking him about the Andy Dawson story. Until he, he either remembers or creates a false memory that he can't escape from. Yeah. Um, 
So Sandy Clark is going to be inside. Uh, it also says celebrate with England. Sammy Lee inside. We'll come to that later. That's quite um, quite something. But Roy's on the front cover this week, and he's in his civvies. He's got a red roll neck sweater on, blue jeans, a brown leather belt, and what looked like some fantastic brown, uh, like tan light brown boots that he's wearing. Not football boots, street boots. And he street boots. He's ki- they're the only boots I know. <laughs> he's kicking the ball. <laughs> against a goal and I've lo- got my street boots because I like to walk around <laughs> street boots <laughs> I'm the flashest cop in town <laughs> <laughs> and he's, it's, they are fucking remarkable look at them and they are the least appropriate footwear for a game of street football that, that you fucking, can possibly imagine look at the fucking Cuban heel on the fuckers look what at I them. do they can be slippy the soles on these kind of shoes uh, but I'm fucking clever, aren't I? As soon as I get a pair of street boots, street first thing boots. I do is I get um, a, a knife or a skewer, sort of skewer you'd use to, uh, you know, make a kebab with, <laughs> and I score the sole of my street boots, thus creating a makeshift grip that allows me to get involved with impromptu street football <laughs> matches with kiddies. <laughs> Now, these kids, normally, when they're older, they'll bump into me somewhere, they'll remind me of this story when I met them. I'll have no recollection of it, but I say that I do. One of the most annoying things that can happen, but I tell you, it goes with the territory. I, I tell them every time I remember it like it was yesterday. You should see their faces. <laughs> so, he's kicking a ball against a <laughs> goal. That's been, it, really. He's kicking a ball against the goal that's been painted on a wall, and it's a replica of that one that's in the uh, sweat box at the Melchester training ground with the numbers on. That we were getting so I get the strong impression from this shot that they have not invited him to play. He's seen it and <laughs> yeah. he's just stormed over and elbowed them out yeah. there. Out the way! Bang! Five! That's the best you can get. See ya, cunts. That's it. He has this a one, there's some threes, and there's some fives in the corners, and he's blammed it straight off the number five. There you go, bottom left. Bang! Five points. Beat I win. Beat that, dickheads. <laughs> right. All of you, 50p each. Come on, hand it over, face fair. <laughs> but what are you talking about, Mr. Race? We were just playing our own game here. 50p each. I hit the five. You know the rules. Them's are the rules of this park. I've been coming this park since before you rules. cunts were born. That wall's been there. I painted that wall when I were about four year old, right? And the rules have always been the same. If you hit the five... Every other fucker who's playing the game has to pay you 50p. Old, now hand it over, but, or I'm going to have a word with your dads. Only if you're Roy Race. It doesn't apply to anybody else. <laughs> and it says there, uh, whether he's in front of 40,000 fans at his own Melchester Stadium or on bumpy waste ground with an audience of soccer-crazy lads, Roy Race shows why he is Britain's top striker. You can follow his super story on the colour pages. And that's what we're no, about I'm going to over the uh, penny. I'm just going over the bumpy waste ground. There's some soccer crazy kids over there. <laughs> no, where are you going, Roy? The bumpy wasteland. Do you mean the the, the wreck, the recreation ground? No, no, not that that one. The bumpy waste ground is different. Forget it. Just let's say I'm going out. I'm going out in my street boots, and I'll be back in half hour. I'm going got out. a little money making scam. <laughs> I've got to take care of. I'm going out for a, uh, for an ego boost and a bit of walking around money. I'll bring you some chips money back. for the feathers later. <laughs> but where is the bumpy waste ground? Bye, bye. 
Slap <laughs> door slams. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. But we've got people coming over. My mother, my sister's coming over with her new boyfriend. Ta-ra! Slam. Don't fucking think so. Blackie. I'm just going over the bumpy waste ground to get some money off some soccer-crazy kids. I should be done in about 15 minutes. I want you to pull up by the edge of the bumpy waste ground. Once I've got the dough, we're head off straight down the feathers. <laughs> Let's just say I'm swerving the home tonight for reasons. And I'll have plenty to spend. Don't worry. All right, Floyd. Whatever you say, Are you Roy? doing the number five scam again, Roy? Yeah, that's right. Hang <laughs> <Bang> on. <laughs> <laughs> so we turn to the colour. There could be a packet of peanuts in it for you, Blackie, if you get down pronto. I'm feeling generous. Jalapeño. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Jalapeño. We turn to the colour pages then to find out exactly what's happening. Um, we're not far off. It says at the top left-hand corner, Roy had given a trial to 17-year-old Andy Locke, whose selfishness threatened to destroy his vast natural ability. <laughs> After a stern lecture from Vernon Elliott, the youngster disappeared, so Roy went in search of him. I mean, Andy Locke had ran away at the end of the last episode, hadn't he? And Roy couldn't mm. catch up, so Roy's jumped in the car and he's driving around the streets trying to look for Andy Locke. And he's, he's got uh, dressed up in his finest clothes first, though. Right, I'm going to go and look for him on the streets. Yeah. First, though, where's my street jacket and street boots? <laughs> I've got to look the part. I've got to, I've got to give the cunt a head start. I've got to get dressed up first. Because <laughs> to me, this is a bit hunter-gatherer. So, uh, and I put a bit of cologne on as well, in case I bump into any fanny when I'm out there. <laughs> You've always got to be ready. Always be ready for Fanny. That's the Roy Race mantra. He's dressed exactly like Lewis Collins in The Professionals. He is. He is. What a role model. So he's driving past the waste ground. It's uh, Rockford uh, NW, Northwest, I guess. Don't know. Um, and it's an abandoned factory by the looks of it because the, the fucking. Roof has caved in. You can just see the beams in the roof. Um, there's a chimney next to it. It it just stinks of desolation and early 80s Thatcher's Britain. And there's some kids there playing 
against the wall. They've got a goal painted on the wall, but no numbers on it. Oh, curious. Broken windows, all sorts. Um, and Roy's driving around thinking to himself, I don't know where Andy lives, but he was playing for Roqueford when I first spotted him. I wonder if these lads have seen or heard of him. <laughs> He's got nothing to go on here, has he? He's basically visited the town where Andy I'll just go over and start chatting to them kids. Yeah. I'll just start asking them, tell me it. See what happens. Ask them what's going on here. It says, Hey, kids, kids. Do you know a lad called Andy? About so I. Young no? lad. All right. As you were then. He's soccer crazy. Does that ring any bells? No? Oh, fair enough. <laughs> it says, Roy's appearance brought the kickabout to an abrupt end because he's got out of the car and he's walked over to the lads. Uh, one of them says, I, I, I don't believe it. It can't be. And the other one says, But it is. And then the third one says, <laughs> it fu- Yeah, it fucking is. <laughs> Third one says, Roy Race. And he's got his arms folded, smiling, as if to say, yeah, it's fucking me. Correct. (laughs) Drink it in, cunts. (laughs) No autographs. You are stood less than two metres from the fucking greatest man in Melchester and possibly the country. (laughs) Not including Lewis Collins, who is the only man I regard as my superior. Or Michael Esseltine. He says, uh, he says, hi, kids. And it says, after the boys had recovered from their shock and Roy had told them what he wanted, one of the kids says, Andy Locke, yes, we've heard of him. I think he lives in Avon Road. And the other one goes, and we can tell you how to get there, Roy. Roy's got his hand on the kid's shoulder. Uh, that's great. <laughs> I'm trying to track down this lad. Can you give us his address and tell me how to get there? Nothing weird at all about this. Um, so he sends I've got some sweets for the first lad to help yeah, me yeah and a puppy in the back of the car come and have a look <laughs> and uh, he a few autographs because obviously they've all got bits of paper and pens on them unless he's brought them with him yeah. uh, the great for Melchester yeah, I keep them in the boot of the yeah, car yeah that'll be 20 we pence each should be autobiography and some old antique knives it's 20 pence for the paper it's 15 pence for the uh, the pen rental and the autograph itself is a pound <laughs> <laughs> right, you fuckface. Here's the keys. Go over and open my boot. Get a bunch of pads and some pens. Uh, if you see anything else in there, just forget you've seen it. <laughs> what shall I make this one out of? Ginger balls. Okay. <laughs> right, I don't know your name, so I'm just going to sign this to Fatso. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Ori. I haven't got time for niceties. <laughs> <laughs> so he's signed a few autographs. He says, that's not all. I've got to give you a little tip that will help you to improve your football skills. Well, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An impromptu coaching session. That's a fiver for the Listen group. Listen up. <laughs> Have a whip round. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the kids says, gosh. Uh, and we, there we, we've got the uh, the outline of the goal that they've already painted on the wall Roy's got his fucking he's got the paint pot in his hand I guess he's had the brush out as well and he says uh, there I've split up the goal into nine separate squares scoring value one three and five and there they are nine squares in the goal where there are five in the corners three on the insides and one right in the centre uh, he says trying it one of the squares with the highest number like that 
And then we get the replica of the, the picture on the front page where he hits the number five. Smack! Yeah. Bang! Paint hasn't even fucking dried yet. Now your ball's covered in black paint. Ha! Your, bu- your ball's fucked. <laughs> oh, we've got some cash left. <laughs> th- then he hits the number five in the top right corner. Uh, he says, it's a little exercise which will help you to improve your accuracy when shooting a goal. And he hits the five, top top right-hand corner, and one of the kids says, he's done it, first time. Of course he's fucking done it first time, he's Roy Race. And then, over the page, uh, he, he's telling them, I mean, he's telling all of us here, because it's one of those lovely close-ups of his big beaming face, and uh, he's saying, uh, you can make a game of it too. Try taking, say, three shots each. The player who notches the highest number of points from his three shots wins the game and the pot. <laughs> oh, I didn't mention the pot, <laughs> did I? <laughs> uh, this, there, there is no point to this game whatsoever unless cash is involved. <laughs> <laughs> it is futile without the incentive and the jeopardy provided by a reasonably significant cash stake. <laughs> You cannot replicate the thrill and the adrenaline rush of a big win in a game like this. <laughs> Walking away on with one fifty in your pocket. I make Blackie play it with me. We've painted one of these on the outside of the feathers around the back near the bins. And uh, Jeff, the landlord, right? We get it. We make him keep a football behind the bar. And at checking out time, we, me and Blackie, pay it. And almost always, I win back every penny that I have spent <laughs> on beer that night. <laughs> oh man so there he is and then he drives off leaving them to play the game uh, as, as Roy continued his search and he drives off they get have fun kids and now for Andy Locke <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I forgot about that come right come on <laughs> back in the Lambo just... back in the Lambo time to go cruising <laughs> I've just had a glance down at what happens later on this is mental um it says, but as Roy followed the directions the boys had given him, uh, he knocks on a door, a blue door, and a man wearing... I, I might knock on that door over there, uh, see if I get lucky. <laughs> might be a knocking shop, who knows? Um, <laughs> uh, the bloke had- Hello, mister, do you know a lad called Andy Locke? Black kid, about this eye. <laughs> Soccer crazy. No, nope. never heard of him, fair enough, sorry to bother you. Uh, well, I've got you, got any fanny in there? Did you do massage? No, sorry, I'm sorry I asked. I've got to go anyway. <laughs> God bless. You, you don't do a uh, sports massage in there, do you? <laughs> Got any of them Thai lasses? There's a, there's a few of them coming over now because there's a political situation in Thailand, which is uh, awful for the people there, but great for us because they're now flooding our shores with uh, ma- masseuses and generally liberal-minded fanny. <laughs> but no, sadly not. The man who opens the blue, blue door is wearing green trousers that are held up by some nice red braces. Uh, mm. And he says, sorry, the locks moved about f- five weeks ago. And uh, Roy says, any idea where they've gone? He says, no, they only rented this place, like me. Uh, oh, <laughs> fucking hell, renter, are you? That's embarrassing at your age. <laughs> what have you done with all your fucking money? Fritted away on the GGs, have you? Take Hey. Take a fucking my, a bit of advice from me. You always need a few hustles on the side. Whatever your day job is, don't take it for granted. Look at me. I earn a fucking king's ransom as a salary at Melchester, even before bonuses. But I'm still out hustling at that bumpy waste ground down the road. I just got five quid out of a bunch of fucking soccer crazy kids. You might, now, that might not seem a lot, but it all mounts up. That's me hell money. It's better off in my pocket than theirs, you know what I mean? 
you got a thick shop. I own six properties, right? <laughs> Three of them are rental in other parts of town, Wolford, etc., over on the other side of the mill, right? But uh, some are just, I've got holiday home. I own the place that Penny's mum lives in, which is great because it gives me a sense of power. I could evict her any time I wanted. Plus, it's an investment. With what Mrs Thatcher and Nigel Lawson are doing with the economy, I tell you what, prices are only going to go up. Bricks and mortar, my son. That's what you want to put your dough into. Anyway, all the best. TDFN, be lucky. And then he's in the local newsagents next, and it's a traditional old newsagents with jars of sweets behind the counter and fags. And Great newsagents. Yeah. The news agent says, news agent says to Roy, sorry, Roy, I've never heard of him. Uh, is there any chance of... And uh, he's handed over a piece of paper and a pen, obviously. Roy says, yes, all right, you can have my autograph. Fucking hell. Uh, Who shall I write it to? Silly old bastard. Shop bastard. <laughs> shop prick. There you go. <laughs> Dear shop prick, thanks for nothing. Roy Race. <laughs> That'll have to do, yeah. I hope we enjoyed our brief encounter. Goodbye. Forever. <laughs> I did not. You were of no use to me. You had none of the information that I was seeking. <laughs> Look at the fucking face on the bloke standing next to him as well. Starstruck. You know what I like about... This newsagent is really captivating. It reminds me of um, a couple of newsagents of my youth. Mm. And the man has got brill-creamed hair mm. and um, a tie. And when we were kids in the 80s, I mean, there was still... There were still remnants of old Britain mm. where there were still men who smelt of brill cream. Mm. Because these were men who had, you know, come of age in the 40s and 50s mm. and were now doing things like running running shops. Mm-hmm. But they still were behaving a bit like we are now. Like, we, we're, we're still like men of the 80s and 90s, but we're still kind of hanging around like shrapnel. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and the kids of today have to encounter us and think, they're peculiar. And we're just like, yeah, that's right, we fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> we're very comfortable with it fuck you yeah and uh, that's what those guys were like and so you did encounter yeah. these strange men who were like really old school dressed like they were probably quite young but Post they looked men. like old men yeah yeah, they were war men and, and this guy's like that and he wore a tie even though he's in the news agents now mm. news agents <clears throat> have become kind of generally fairly scruffy places but there is a news agents where I live right uh, run by some Indian lads, and they are all every fucking day in shirt and tie. Nice, right? The shop is immaculate. It's one of those brilliant news agents that's got the lot. You go in, mm. there's a lot on show, but you can almost say anything to them, right? You go, got, you got. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like stuff that you wouldn't even expect. They'll go, hang on a minute, <clears throat> and they'll go and dig it down, or yeah. they'll get a, a long, you know, one of those grabbing sticks or mm. something. It's got the lot. It's in Aladdin's cage, but Aladdin's cave. He didn't have a cage, or maybe he did. I don't know. But these lads, they're they're fucking smart, and it's like proper old school news agentry, yeah. and I like that. <clears throat> well, I mean, the best one for me when I was a kid, I, you know, I used to spend my summers in Thursk at my grandparents' caravan. Yeah, we, we played a gig there, didn't we? Because Thursk is in my heart. Um, there was yeah. one in Thursk, right in the middle of the high street. And it was a news agent in the front, and then it had a back room, and the back room was a proper toy shop. So it was, it was, right. it was the fucking yeah. mecca. You know, it had. Do you want to go out back? It was full of comics, out front, which yeah. is what I was into, and yeah. sweets. And then you go at the back, and yeah. it's a toy shop. Fucking hell! What a place! Brilliant. Anyway, where are we? 
yeah then Roy goes to it says and in two or three kaffirs and he got a fella again there he's wearing the white um, the white coat of a, a cafe owner and a tie and he says I know all the lads are coming here right and Andy Locke isn't one of them now that sounds a bit like he's barred <laughs> him and his sort mm. they're barred <laughs> oh <laughs> I see no I don't go for that kind of thing mate sorry um, <laughs> I don't believe in any of that I've got a Spaniard in the team um, so darkness had fallen by the time he gave up he's been driving around he drives past Rockford Park FC now this is possibly what he should have done in the first place he drives yeah. past the football ground and he thinks my only chance now is the Rockford club manager maybe I can trace him through the telephone directory <laughs> fucking hell mate have you only just fucking worked that out <laughs> It's fucking it Detective like Work that. 101, isn't it? The phone book. Yeah. The but, truth is, he just doesn't want to go home. And in a yeah. minute, we find out why. Ah, he just wants the adventure, doesn't he? And yeah. track it down Andy Locke. Driving but around. as well, was he not trying to sign Andy Locke on the quiet? He wasn't going to do it because he, he invited him to come to Melchester, didn't he, for a um, for a training session. But I think he'd spoken to the, the Rockford manager when he first encountered Locke. So I don't know. He just likes to think. Yeah, he's... he did. He asked because yeah. he he warned. He tipped him off about his um, attitude problems, yeah. didn't he? Well, we, we, we've had a nice day out, and that's the main thing. Um, half an hour later, Roy walks in. Hi, <laughs> Penny. I'm home. And she says, "How considerate! You're three hours late. Look at oh, the state fuck. of the house. The fucking you are joking me on. Roy Junior looks like he's howling." And he's trying to pull. Arr, the... arr, stop it barking! <laughs> trying to pull the armchair over. The penny's sitting in. Can you please? I can't hear myself thinking. Stop that fucking boy one from barking for five seconds. <laughs> Maybe we can have a conversation. Penny is sitting there with the baby who appears to be screaming. There's a lamp being knocked over. There's a football on the floor. Uh, the baby's bath has been tipped over, and the water spilt everywhere. Uh, Roy yeah. Junior's toy cars there. There's a spinning top. Uh, what's the? There's a football. What's the girl called? Mel- Mel- Melinda. Yeah. Uh, like she's that. crying. The, the fucking a dolly sitting on the sofa, looking uh, sinister. And, and the weirdest thing of all is Penny is sat with her legs akimbo. Yeah, as if she's giving birth to the next one. In her flap, in her fluffy slippers. Yeah. Very strange. We're quite arousing. Um. So there it is, and she says, it's about time we did a swap, Roy Race. I'll run the club while you look after the kids. And you think, fuck it out. Well, don't be fucking ridiculous. You wouldn't know where to fucking start. And as for looking after the kids, as far as I can see, it's a piece of piss. You've <laughs> lost control. But for me, it'd be a fucking walk in the park. <laughs> Bag of sweets and stick on fucking rainbow. There you go. Bang. Done. <laughs> He's going, oh, no, I've lost Andy Locke. And found a problem I didn't bargain for. Oh shit! Didn't bargain for it. What? It never fucking occurred to you that she's got three kids and it might be a little bit, <laughs> bit of a fucking handful. I didn't see this coming. I mean, fucking Parenting. hell! I thought she was the one with the easy life. All she's got to do is sit around all day. And um, and then it says in next week's episode, Roy is mentally and physically exhausted. Oh fuck! It's going back to the it's days. It's called where, overwhelm. It's, it's very dangerous, and I need a fucking rest. It's going back to the days <laughs> when um, Penny ran off to Crete and he had to wash up for himself, and he t- stopped shaving. Yeah, and he stopped. He stopped shaving. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> We're going to get that again. So there we are. Mark Penny, said- I'm moving into the Melchester Royal. That's right. The town's only five-star hotel. <laughs> they put a suite aside for me. It's doctor's orders. I've got to move in there for a fortnight so I can relax and reset the demons. I'm sorry, but they said if I don't, it's a severe risk and I might drop dead. Is that what you want? No, I thought not. See you in a couple of weeks. Don't try and call me. <laughs> so there we are. Mark's at a ten. Nine. Nine. Yeah, I'll give it a nine as well. Good episode, that. Um... So that's that. And then the only other thing of note in this edition is the Super Snap page. A colour picture of Sammy Lee. And it says, wow. what a smile, what a moment to remember. The England skipper mm. lovingly holds the under-21 cup after the 5-4 defeat of West Germany in the final. Now, he looks a bit like uh, George Formby, I think. But he all does, he's yeah. wearing is his but shorts. But he also looks like a serial, like not a serial killer, but like... A psycho. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He is. um, All he's wearing is his very tight white shorts. Uh, We can see his the top half of his body. There's no real muscular definition there. I mean, Sammy Lee was always a quite portly little player, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Um, And he's got a big grin on his face. His teeth, let's say, could do with a little bit of attention. Uh, And he's got the cup resting in his groin. And emitting yeah. from his from his between his legs like some kind of giant silver penis. Yeah. Uh it, yeah, because it is quite phallic, isn't it? Is it? Really it has phallic. a sort of a, a yeah. crown, a helmet to yeah. it, yeah. It's it's a startling image to put into a children's comic. But at different times, I guess. Mm. Um I don't really know what to it's, add to uh, it. It's it's really it's yeah, it's it's semi pornographic. Yeah. Um, Sammy Lee in a pornographic photo in a child's comic is something that I didn't know the world needed. No, uh, but there it is. I'm, I'm shocked that we in in 1982 we won England won the under 21 cup beating West Germany in the final. Mm. I would have thought that would be more famous considering that England gets so excited over fucking anything because we never win anything. <laughs> I, I I'm surprised there's not documentaries about that yeah. run every fucking summer on the BBC. Yeah, especially because it was the Germans. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well, there we go. Um, so that's that one. Uh, we're, we're heading towards Christmas, and Roy's heading towards Christmas, and he's about to have a nervous breakdown. So that's not good. It's got to go a bit Arthur Fowler, isn't it? Um, there mm. we go. We'll be back with more of the same next week. Uh, thank you very much and uh, try to keep your head straight if you can mind when you're walking around in your street boots catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 